Hello and welcome to Handball and Numbers, the Handballytics podcast. Uh, my name is Mark Hawkins and we'll be looking at the third day of action from the Olympic Games. I'm joined as ever by Julian Rooks. Hello, Julian. Hi, Mark. Important win for Germany today. Can't wait to talk more about it later. Yes, it was uh, a good win for Germany today, beating Argentina 33-25 to get their first points on the board after their narrow defeat to Spain in the first match. We had the top scorers from today from Germany were Marcel Schiller and Dimo Castaning, both with seven goals. And for Argentina, Diego Simone and Ramiro Martinez, both scoring five goals for the South Americans. While in the last two episodes, we were often looking at the games from a broader perspective. Today, we are going deep into Germany's numbers from today's game and from their first game against Spain. We are taking a close look at the statistics of different lineups and groups of players of the German team and compare them to each other. So today, we're joined by Jörg Lützelberger, trainer in Germany and also a handball expert with the Handball Bundesliga in Germany. Uh, welcome, Jörg. Hi. Yeah, so to start with, from a from a tactical point of view, what caught your eye in today's Germany versus Argentina game? I I, I felt emotion because it's the Olympics, and I I really was emotional with the team, especially according to the first match we had against Spain. So this was a really important match, and I felt it from the beginning that the players uh, felt like that too. So they they had again difficulties to come in the game to make the easy goals at the beginning, to get a good start. First match, it was Carlos Perez de Vargas, who's doing this always or very often. <laughs> But uh, they had they had these problems again. They had to run after Argentina the first minutes. I again feel that they really are well prepared for this tournament. They had much time for preparation, but Alfred Gisterson had a good preparation with the team. They had a lot of connections together in their defense. They had keepers who uh, get balls from the beginning of the game, during the whole game. And they have a lot of ideas and some really new ideas um, for this tournament. So I'm, I'm optimistic for a good tournament for Germany. But we see that there, is no, there are no weak teams in this tournament. This is really, they're really close. And uh, the coach, uh, Manolo Cadenas, brought uh, a lot of know-how in this team. And they, they, they grown, they aged. They had uh, 32 years um, in... Yeah, average. Uh, in average, yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so they are, they are a, a good team and they are there. Um, they are there at the Olympics for a reason. And they showed this in both matches they played. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, having played against Argentina in 2012 in their first Olympics, and you see, I think there's six of the guys maybe now playing in their third Olympics. So that experience builds and uh, obviously more comfortable there. But, you know, as, as we look at the Spain and Germany match, that uh, the six versus six attack for Germany caused a few problems for them against Spain. Um, they just... 22 goals per 50 possessions and they increased that they they were better um today with 29 per 50 possessions do you think that's um like you say germany have sort of a good control and they're building into this tournament with the olympics just needing to be in the top four in the group do you see that as a a natural step for germany that they're building into the tournament a little bit more building through the stages to to develop into the later rounds Yeah, they, they always have to develop. And in Germany, we call it 
the Germans are a tournament team. Yeah. So they they come over team spirit and over this the story they they write during the tournament and so this was my feeling and my hope after the first match which was really pity for for the Germans they I think they deserved at least one point in this match but they were they were equal they they were in lead against Spain and at the last 15 minutes they they get in in uh, something like uh, sover sovereignty over argentina so i'm i'm quite optimistic and the development of the defense is one one central topic of this story they want they want to write because we have great goalkeepers there we have goalkeepers who can uh, everybody's remembering the andreas wolf performance of 2016 and But this performance doesn't come from nothing. You have to, to have um, self-confidence. And the whole team should get their self-confidence over the defense. Yeah, you've already mentioned defense, but uh, we'll touch on that in a moment. Let's just for the moment focus on offense again. The playmaker position in Germany has been a problem, well, for, for a couple of years. Today, Philipp Weber played pretty much the whole game and Germany obviously had good numbers with him on the court. Yuri Knorr today just got uh, garbage time minutes in the end. Against Spain, Weber had many problems uh, on Saturday with him on the court in six versus six positional attack. Germany just scored nine goals in 24 possessions, which is well 18.8 goals per 50 possessions, which is well not, not good at all. Um, with Knorr, however, things went better in nine possessions against Spain. They scored six goals with him on, on the field. Which are 33 goals per 50 possessions. Obviously, small sample size, but uh, well, much better than than while Weber was on the court. In the last couple of crunch time minutes, however, Alfred Gislason trusted in his veteran and put Philip Weber back in the game. How would you have reacted in the situations? Would you have relied on the more experienced player, even though they played much better with Knorr? Yes, in, in this situation, I, I would have would have done this. Experienced players are. Exactly for this situation. They worked many more years. They had many more situations. And if they are fit, especially in this game situation, they should play because of they, they should handle it better. I think of the, um, sorry, Mark, <laughs> the penalty shootout at the football uh, European <laughs> Championship. So the coach decided for the young players, which have the future in front of them, which have great technique in shooting, but it's, it's a mental thing. So um, I think the players with a greater handball experience and the greater life experience should handle critical situations. It's no guarantee that they do it, but um, I, I think uh, I, I would have done the same. And there is a history with Yuri Knorr. Some matches ago, Alfred Gislason put in Yuri in a critical situation and he made one good pass to Pivot and afterward two technical faults. The, 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 the passes to pivot uh, didn't reach the pivot and we got fast breaks and we lost the game. So um, maybe he remembered uh, the situation and because it's a young player, you don't have to destroy him. <laughs> so uh, the older player should, should handle the situation. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And there are so many games and the load is so high. There's well uh, enough time or um, uh, well enough time for you ignore to play and and to get uh, more experience yes and uh, and there's there, there are always moments and in this tournament where this will fit I, i think for a for a successful tournament you need to have these players these successful players in your team which were not on the list before the tournament remember mimi kraus in uh, world championship 2007 
these young fresh players without too much thinking without too much thinking about consequences th these are important too but maybe it's not the situation right now in this first in these first uh, two matches okay so i would say let's switch sides now and talk about defense uh, which you already mentioned Today, Germany relied on its six-out defense with Pekel and Gola in the middle block. Um, it worked pretty well with just 15 goals conceded in 33 possessions in the six versus six positional attack. That's 22.7 per 50. And against Spain, the numbers were even a bit better. Uh, in 23 possessions, they just conceded 10 goals while playing six-out, which resulted in 21.7 goals per 50 possessions. But they also put out a 3-2-1 defense, uh, which we didn't see today with uh, Henrik Pekela in front and Finn Lemke in back, which didn't really work. Spain uh, scored five goals in 11 possessions, which are 27.3 goals per 50 possessions. Where did you see the problems in the 3-2-1? And do you think it will be put away for good or will we see it again in the upcoming games? As I know, Alfred, we will see it again, of course. Um, he's, uh, he's convinced of this uh, defense formation and he pu uh, put in a lot of time, of his small time, he put a, put a lot of time in it. And uh, I think we will see it again. And this defense is according to the whole story and the moment of the match and uh, the, the moment against Spain was a moment when, when Germany was under pressure. This was uh, in the middle of the second half and they had some mistakes in the offense. And sometimes we coaches want to, to get the moment back uh, of the match and we want to change something. And even if there are more problems in offense, we try to get this moment back to us in changing our defense. This was what I felt in this moment um, in this decision of Alfred um, and Spain. I don't, I don't know if there is a much more experienced team in this tournament. And they just were not impressed from the defense. They were really, uh, really cool. And they handled this, uh, this difficulty of the 3-2-1 really cool. And they didn't have the stress. Because the 3-2-1s give you, gives you pressure situation where the backcourt player, backcourt left or uh, uh, backcourt right, gets into, into this pocket. Pekela, as the front player, makes pressure, but he didn't foul. And uh, the center, center player wants to block. And uh, we had, we created these situations, but then there was uh, Dujubayev who, who really reacted cool with a lot of variability in his short shooting opportunities and he makes the goal. And so no problem for Spain. So uh, I think there will be other situations. I hope there will be other situations in the tournament when we uh, receive balls in, in this. And I think, uh, well, it's just 11 possessions. So the sample size isn't too big. And we're looking yeah, same, at, at one game. Yeah, same like the statistic uh, according to Yuri Knorr. When the sample yeah, size exactly, is so exactly. small, keeper makes two two parades from uh, from one against zero, and the statistic is tries to lead us in a in a wrong way. Yeah. Exactly, and we already touched Pegla and Gola. The, the three to one was with with Lemke in the back, but Germany was really good when they played the, the six zero with Pegla and Gola. Even the numbers were even a bit better than. When the two played, then the numbers um, I mentioned earlier. Um, the two have barely played together before. Why do you think they fit together so well? First of all, they are really good, <laughs> and they are the best the best players in uh, right now in the moment. We all we all in Germany hoped and uh, dreamed of this uh, performance from Pekela and Winzek. We saw it in Cologne mm -hmm. when they were when they were champions in the, in the Champions League. So this was the best 6-0, 3-4 position we, we saw in, the, in, in this year. 
but Winsack had this uh, this injury in the last part of the season, and I think this is the, this is the reason why Gola is there now, and he, he's really good. Lemke is bigger, is taller, uh, had uh, more opportunities in in blocking, but Argentina was. It's a really small team. It's a quick team. They have quick cross movements. And um, I think this, this was better in this, in this match with Pekela and Gola. Good decision of uh, Gislason. Just to touch on something, we talked a little bit yesterday as well about pace-adjusted statistics. We saw Norway women's team played an incredibly fast game and their top scorer had 11 goals, but over 50 possessions, it wasn't so much different to... Uh, the line player from the Netherlands who only scored three goals. But if you uh, proportion it over 50 goals, it's not so, uh, 50 possessions, it wasn't so different. When we see some of these statistics, like Yuri Nur, uh, was they, the team scored six goals in, in nine possessions, and uh, Pekela and Gola is a very good central middle block partnership. Do you think it would help a great deal how we evaluate players if we had more? possibilities to know who was on the court at what time so I mean we see in the Bundesliga and, and some international competitions we know they're on the court for 40 minutes 30 minutes whatever but there's a difficulty with knowing if they were playing attack or defense or one or the other if we could know at the end of the game let's say Yuri Noor played 15 attacks that was it but he scored seven or eight goals as opposed to You know, it's it's a difficult thing sometimes that we're not able to fully evaluate what the player did with their with their time on the court. Yeah, I I would love to have this plus minus rating we know from the from the NBA, for example. Mm -hmm. And I know many players, and I know many coaches who want to want to have it. I know many coaches who who try to make this for their own. Yeah. And um, I would I would love it, especially according to the mindset of the players, because of. At the end, when I'm on the court, I should be successful with my team for my team. And uh, for this development of mindset, is, um, this would be a really useful statistic. Um, we have this difficulty with the, with the specialists, offense and defense. But, but if we get this, uh, I think it's really useful and many coaches will work, work with it. Well, I think there are statistical methods to, to adjust for this, but the raw data has to be available. And I guess that's the big problem because well, like I did today, you can't record everything per hand or per yes. yourself. has to be, well, probably automated in, in some way. And I think that the, the Bundesliga with the player tracking, is, is, it's the first step into this direction, but well, there have to be many more steps. Well, I think that's it for today. Thank you, Jörg. Good luck in Constance next season. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. So that's it for today. Thank you again to, to Jörg for his input. And we actually take uh, our first rest day of the competition tomorrow. So we will be back on Wednesday with another episode when uh, we'll be looking further into the statistics from, from the game so far. We'll be joined by Erasmus Boysen, handball expert from Denmark and professional player. And we'll be, we'll be starting to look at the expected goals from the game so far over the men's competition. Until then, follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. It's always at handpolitics. All go to handpolitics.de. Hear you day after tomorrow. Bye.